Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to the Abundant Solutions Hour. I'm your co-host tonight, Brian J. Henderson. I'll be taking the reins tonight. Our host, Greg Turner, is away on assignment, and he's with us via telephone. Are you there, Greg? Yes, I am. How you doing, Brian? I'm doing great. How about you? You having fun down there? Oh, yes. I'm blessed. I'm having a good time. I'm in training down in Orlando, Florida. All right, all right. And um, tonight we got an awesome show planned. Tonight's guest is Wanda Burns Jackson. For those of you who may not know her, Wanda Burns Jackson is an All-American guard who was the NCAA Woman of the Year while becoming the first FSU Proposition 48 student athlete to graduate. And we have Wanda on the line right now. Hello, Wanda. Are you there? Yes, I am. All right. Hi, Wanda. Wanda, have a break with us. Hi. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. How are you? I'm doing great. Good, good. All right. For those of you who don't know uh, a little bit about Proposition 48, um, it was a requirement that student athletes have a minimum SAT score of 700, an ACT score of 17, and a minimum GPA of 2.0 in at least 11 of their core subjects in order to play college sports. And Wanda, um, coincidentally, we're going to let her tell us a little bit about her story, but I'm just going to briefly talk a little bit about, you know, the problems with some of the Prop 48 students. Uh, primarily what they would do is if they didn't meet the requirements of gradual, of um, to play, they would typically transfer to junior colleges until they were able to get their AA degree or until their eligibility was raised to a level where they could actually play again. And, Wanda, we're going to have you talk a little bit about your story. Okay, thank you, Brian. Um, first of all, I, I was in high school. I was a very good student. I had um, good grades. Uh, my classes were all college prep um, classes, so I was, you know, prepared to go to college. However, um, as an athlete, like you said, we have to meet that eligibility standards according to NCAA in order to play at the Division One level. And my SAT scores wasn't high enough for me to advance to that level. So I either had to, like you said, go to a junior college or opt to, um, you know, not accept that Division One scholarship. And I knew I was a good student. I knew I, you know, I was motivated to do well in school and as well as on the court. But I really wanted to um, get a college degree, first of all. So I, I felt like, 
the way, you know, my attitude was as far as school and my motivation to do well, that I could do it. I felt like I could really go and exceed the expectations that, you know, most people had about, you know, Prop 48, you know, student athletes. So when I um, was offered that scholarship, that's all I, you know, my mind was set on going to school and finishing, and that's what, you know, that's what I did. I just focused on doing that. Okay. And what years did you attend FSU? I came in in 1987, and I finished in 1991. Okay, in 1987 and 1991. Um, How was college life for you? Was it challenging? Initially, it, it was very different because I came in, you know, with a negative, you know, stigma behind my name. I was an athlete that couldn't play my first year, so I was, kind of nervous about that because I didn't know what to expect and I knew people wasn't expecting me to finish and so I you know I had in my mind that I wanted to prove something not just to myself that I could do it but to everybody that I could I could you know exceed and do well so that first year I um it was hard adjusting to that environment coming from the environment that I grew up in and then not having much support once I got there. So it was it was something that I really had to, you know, be very mature about on, on what I was doing and how I was going to focus on, you know, being able to stay there. So it was challenging to not be able to play as well as to get, you know, used to the academics and everything that I had to adjust to. Hmm. Okay. Um, do you feel like you were treated any different? Because you were an athlete or because you were a student athlete? Different as in favoritism or just different as just being a student there? Well, um, in any aspect, I mean, because, I'm, you know, I wasn't a student athlete, but when I came to school, when I, I attended SAMU, and uh, mm-hmm. when I came to school, there was just a different set of rules for the student athlete. You know, they didn't eat the same time everybody ate. They didn't have the same classes pretty much as everybody else. So, you know, how was that for you? I didn't see where as far as different, we did have some things that we had to do differently because, you know, we had to practice, we had to condition as far as, you know, getting up early. (laughs) So we had to take our classes at certain times to make sure we was, you know, prepared for practice during the afternoon. And then when you're traveling with games, so you you know you have different you know schedules than than a normal student, and but you were you know you was expected to do everything else you know like a regular student to attend class, do your work, you know participate in the things that you were required to do as an athlete as well. So um, you were treated differently in that aspect, but not you know you were still required to do what you were supposed to do as a regular student. Okay, okay. Um, let's talk a little bit more about um, when you were in high school. You know, okay. you were um, you were pretty much a good student. What type of grades? You got A's, B's? Yeah, I had A's, B's, and some C's, and, you know, social studies and science, I had C's most of the time. Okay. Well, you're pretty much, a, you know, decent student, had decent grades, and... Yeah. Um, you know, let's talk about, you don't have to tell us what your SAT scores were, but let's just talk a little bit about that. 
how, um, you know, how challenging was that test for you? Because I know um, here in Florida, you know, I know the test doesn't really change a whole lot, but here in Florida, we have a large number of um, of minorities who struggle with the test. Right. That that test was, I mean, I only took it once before I actually had to go off to you know Florida State because I was I was trying to take it again before I actually signed my scholarship, but I had to go ahead and sign before um, the deadline, so I didn't get a chance to retake it. But that was something I think a lot of the the items on that exam you really are not exposed to a lot of the the content of that you know the questions that they have that are on that test and you know just from my environment that I grew up in it's a lot of social things that I wasn't exposed to so you know a lot of things I was I just wasn't aware of it so a lot of questions I couldn't answer and then not having I guess the support as far as with my academics in high school, I didn't have that extra help to get me, you know, prepared for that. And I think that's that was really, you know, my downfall and not being able to perform on it. Okay. Um, callers and listeners, if you're listening in, you're listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour, and the call-in number is 718-508-9600. At 718-508-9600. If you have any questions, comments, or, you know, just want to say hi, feel free to call in. Um, Brian, I have Brian, I have a question for, for Wanda. Okay. Wanda, Wanda, this is Greg. Hi, Greg. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing fine. When you went off to Florida State, when you found out that your scores uh, wouldn't allow you to play your first year, Mm-hmm. You know, that would be devastating to someone that's coming in. You know, that's your dream to play at Florida State. Now, everything yeah. was right there in front of you. How in the world did you keep yourself motivated and inspired to to deal with that? Because I've seen a lot of athletes that they just fall to the wayside when they don't when they don't have that the test scores to play that first year. And a lot of them, like Brian said, they'll go on to junior colleges and you probably would never hear from them. What what kept you grounded? Was it your your upbringing? Was it a member in your family, someone that motivated you, or what was it? Well, Greg, I just I think what really motivated me was my negative environment. I turned that into, you know, I wanted to do better. Like you know, your show, you emphasize be more, do more, and have more. And I've always wanted to be more do more and have more so I can have a better family than what, you know, what what I was brought into. So, you know, having that scholarship just motivated me. I was like, I got to do this. You know, things got to, are going to be better for me. So, I, you know, when I got offered that scholarship, I stayed focused on that. I stayed yeah. focused on doing whatever I had to do to maintain that and to finish school. Yes. You and I talked, we we spoke uh, kind of briefly last night about support. And mm-hmm. this is, you know, th- this question uh, uh, is something that destroys families. It, you know, if, that, if your significant other or your family members don't support you in things that you're trying to do, and, and you know, sometimes you need that support. Yeah. When someone, you know, when your family don't support you, that's a killer. 
And I know that you, yeah, and I know that you said that that was something that you had to, you you struggled with for a long time. What was it like to be a good student coming up in a rough environment, doing the things that you were supposed to do, staying out of trouble, signing a four-year scholarship to Florida State University, and not having that support there? What what did that feel like? It it was devastating and I still struggle with that to this day because you know I don't think my family even realized how much I've accomplished I mean it's like they know but they don't really react I mean it's like there's nothing there but it it was a very you know bad struggle for me I didn't it's like everything that I accomplished I had to really celebrate it by myself so you don't really get the full effect of of that award because you don't have anybody to really, you know, share that with you. And throughout high school and, you know, college with all of my games and all of the awards that I received, you know, I really didn't have much family support until, you know, I had, you know, got my own family and was able to share all of that with them. But it just it still wasn't the same as having your parents there and, you know, being very supportive and being proud of what you've done. And, it, I mean, I still struggle with that to this day. And I just, you know, I try to pour into my children, you know, the things that I've accomplished. Wow. And I just, you know, for any, you know, anybody's listening or, you know, who's trying to, to, to stay positive and do some things and do, you know, good things for them. So even if you don't have any support, I always look at I'm making these steps and these um, milestones for myself you know, for my future family. Even if your your family around you is not there supporting you, just remember you're doing those things for you and your future family. And you just stay focused on what you're trying to do and what you're trying to accomplish for your own life. Because you can't change what you know, what they're not or what they're doing. All you can change is you. Hmm. Okay. Um Wanda, let's talk a little bit about um, when you're in college, once you had the chance to play, let's talk about maybe. Let's start off like when you first stepped on the court. What did that feel like? That was. It was such an awesome feeling because I, I had. It's like I had to prove that I'm supposed to be here. Even though I, you know, most of the time I was the smallest person out there because you know people were much taller more, you know, bigger than, stronger than I was, but I had to prove to people that I I was supposed to be here at Florida State. I came here on a mission, not just for, you know, academics, but I came here to play also, and I knew I could compete at that level. And when I got the opportunity to play, I just, you know, I really, I played hard. And, I, you know, every game I played hard, and when I you know, first got out there, I felt awkward at first because I hadn't played, you know, competitive in a whole year. So when I got the the opportunity to get out there and play, it's like I made up for that year. I really got out there and played. Okay. And I'm reading a little bit about you here, and it says that you you average double figures, You know, for being the smallest person out there on the court, you averaging double figures. Sounds like you you had a little bit of game. <laughs> when you're small, you have to be quick. So that helped me with you know being able to 
really elevate my game, my quickness. I was able to not just shoot but to penetrate and, you know, do some things with helping other people score. And then once we, when I was in high school, we didn't have that, the three-point range in, in high school. It started after I left high school. So I was able to kind of master that shot once I got to college, and, and that really helped my game also. Well, Wanda, let me ask you this. What would you tell a young person right now that growing up in the environment that you grew up in, their grades aren't the greatest, they have game now. They can play the game. Mm-hmm. But there's test scores, and, you know, they don't have that support. What would you say to them as far as hanging in there, and what would you say or what would you tell someone about your relationship with God? I would, first of all, at that point when I was in high school, I didn't have the relationship with God that I have now because I didn't I didn't know. I mean, I just, I stayed you know, in the right path with, you know, being positive. But I didn't know where that came from, you know. As I grew and and started venturing out, going to church, that's when I really, you know, developed my relationship with God and I started figuring out why things happened the way they did with me. But for any, you know, young person who is trying to stay on the right path and do what's right, I would, you know, it's imperative that they, you know, get a relationship with God because you're going to be exposed to so much negative within the community. And, you know, you're going to, you're going to get hurt a lot, from, even from people who you expect to help you. So you got to have something that's going to keep you, you know, motivated, keep you focused. So that's, that's, that's a plus that you have that. And then secondly, just stay focused on your, on your goals. You know, even if your parents are not supportive, you know, you just stay focused on what you wanted to, want to do, and, and you meet, you kind of hook up with people who are going to help you get there. You know, you talk to your school counselor. You talk to people who are positive in your community that, that can help you get to that next step that you're trying to, you know, move to. And, you know, that's what I would tell someone. When I always, you know, talk to my daughter. I always tell her to, you know, stay focused and go against the crowd. Don't. Don't try to hang out with the crowd because everybody's trying to, you know, get into something and do something. But you're trying to accomplish something, so you got to stay focused on what you're doing, not what everybody else is doing. Um, Wanda, mm-hmm. I have a, another question about, um, and you talked a little bit about this before, about um, your support at home and your support from your community. Um, did you receive, like, um, a little bit of support from maybe the folks that were in the community when they found out you were going to Florida State, or was it sort of like a, hey, you're leaving the state, you know, we want you to stay home? I mean, what what type of reaction did they get when you initially signed with FSU? Actually, I didn't get much. I mean, I got support from, you know, my high school and, you know, my coach. But that was about it. I mean, I didn't see where the media or anything, anybody was, you know, really talking about it. You know, it's just like she signed this scholarship and that was it. You know, it's, it wasn't a whole lot of support. I just got support from my coach in my high school. Mm-hmm. And I find that, you know, 
that kind of bothered me for a while because I said if I was doing a lot of negative things, you could, you know, you'll find it on the news and everything else. But it's like I really accomplished something here, but nobody's paying attention to it. And it's that kind of bothered me for a while, but, you know, I just went ahead, you know, went and, and did what I wanted to do. Okay. And let's, let's, let's stay on that topic a little bit. What about when they when you found out and when everybody else, because I'm sure that made the news, when they found out that you wouldn't be able to play your first year? You know, what did they, did they shoo away from you? Did they embrace you more? I didn't. After I left here, Brian, I didn't hear much about it anymore. I just, I mean, there was several articles in Tallahassee Democrat, but not much from, you know, from my community here in Macon. I don't know if it, you know, they just kind of didn't follow, you know, female athletes as as much as they follow, you know, the male athletes, but I didn't hear much about it. I don't think many people even knew about me having to sit out that year. I don't think, I think they kind of, most of the people find out when, you know, I was honored this past September with the Hall of Fame, and I think that's when most people find out exactly how my history went with going to Florida State. Okay. Yeah. And uh, back in January, that's uh, when you were honored with that, you, they retired your jersey. Yes. Give us in your own words what that moment felt like, you know, what it felt like to finally be recognized as one of the premier, you know, players. You know, when I received, you know, my letter and the phone call regarding that, I said, God, you did it again. You know, it's just because I had just was honored with the Hall of Fame in September, and that kind of blew me off my feet. I kind of, you know, I just I just thank God for what he's, you know, he's done for me and what he, he continues to do. You know, if I don't if I don't do anything else, I can't praise him enough for what I what he allowed me to accomplish. You know, this little young poor girl from Macon, Georgia. You know, not much, but look what I've I've made out of it. And I just thank him every day for everything. I mean, I just I'll, can't thank him enough. I'll say this, Wanda. When you didn't get the support from your family, God was supporting you on the back end. Yes. They retired your jersey. God God was faithful. He rewarded you for staying on the path and finishing the race. Right. And that's something that is just so awesome because God said, if you pray to me in secret, I'll reward you in the public. Yes. And that's what he did. The world was silent when you went to Florida State. No one probably gave you the respect that they should have given you or they didn't give you the recognition that you deserved, but God was holding it right there saying, I got it. You just keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. Don't worry about what the world says or what the world is not saying. I'm on your side. And I think that's something that's, that, you know, when I read your bio and, I, and we spoke just just yesterday, I was just in awe because all of this was going on, and you were just so steadfast at finishing. Right. And I kept asking you, and you remember yesterday, I kept asking you what motivated you, what kept you going, and you 
that it was God. Yeah. And that's something that a lot of people don't realize, that God is faithful. He may not come when you want him, but he's always on time. That's Amen, right. brother. And, and, and you know, it, it's so it's so important that we stay patient and wait. Right. And if you and if you ever notice, the only time that we get in trouble is when we're impatient and we move out and try to make things happen on our own. Right. And I just say, you know, I just want to say to you that you are a true role model and you are a blessing to everyone that's listening. Patience, patience is so important. It is. Yes, yes. And your story, you know, I I see this as being a book and a movie. I just see this as touching a lot of people. And I know you said that you wanted to at some point start your own business doing counseling. I I do that. Yeah, I say to you, go after that just as you did in basketball. I say move, take a, you know, go ahead and start taking steps towards that because there's nothing you can't do. God has showed you, I mean, already that he's faithful, and there's nothing that you can't do. So we're going to be looking for that, too. Since I read that, I'm going to hold you to, I'm going to hold you to that. Okay. And the, world, and the world is just waiting to hear more from you. That That's what my next task is and I'm you know, I'm constantly seeking God for what he wants me to do with that and I like you said, I'm being patient and I'm every time he gives me a, a thought I write it down and eventually everything is gonna come together with that. So I'm just being patient and listening to him. All right. Um let's talk a little bit about that. Um about your uh, the thing that you want to do next, your business. Okay. Give us a little insight on you know on what you plan to do, and well, what what um, college did for you to get that in motion, so to speak. Well, actually, I, my my background is in social work, so I've always been involved in you know community type work and helping children who are from you know low income neighborhoods trying to get them involved in positive, you know, things in the community, um, in their school, as well as helping families, you know, with issues that they may be going through. So I've always been involved in that type of work and, you know, working with abused children and things like that. So that's always been a passion of mine to just continue that. And I've always had a, you know, a gift of being able to help others and, to, you know, be able to counsel someone through their situation. So I think, you know, that's really where God wants me to be. And I eventually want to open up my own counseling agency as well as community program um, to continue that passion of mine to helping um, children and families. Okay. Um. Okay, let's talk a little bit more about that. You want to help children and families. Is there anything specific with that? Like, do you want to uh, talk to, like, runaways? Is there, you know, or you want to talk to young women, young men? You know, Greg and I, we go around and we talk to uh, men, and mostly children, you know, about, you know, making the positive choices in life. We go into, into the jails, talk to, uh, to men and women, uh, into the community centers, and churches and stuff like that, you know, 
is that a passion of yours? Do you see yourself actually going venturing out, or do you just want to focus on, you know, doing the the grassroots work? Right now, it would be more grassroots type work, and I don't know if 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 God sees fit for me to venture out. But I think a lot I could give a lot, you know, back to my community here, because you know, with the public housing units growing up playing basketball, so I'm familiar with, you know, a lot of the people who are there and, you know, a lot of the kids that grew up there and their kids are there now. So I think I have a lot to to share and to offer to, you know, my community here right now. And I don't want to just limit it to, you know, females. And a lot of, you know, a lot of people, you know, think just because you, because I'm not, I didn't grow up, I didn't have a baby or things like that, that I don't have anything to share because I'm, you know, she's an athlete, but she don't, she didn't go, go through anything. But it's a lot that I went through, not just, you know, being in public housing, but being in a household with, you know, things, alcohol and drugs around me. So, you know, a lot of people look at that. I don't have anything to share because I didn't get pregnant or anything like that. But I have a lot to share because I've seen a lot and, and I had to go through you know, that shame of, of being in a household like that. So, you know, people don't realize even though I didn't get pregnant or raped or anything, I still have a lot to share as far as being, you know, in that type of environment. So I think I don't want to just limit that to, you know, just working with, with children, but, you know, parents who are, you know, going through things and exposing their kids to different things, I think I have a lot to offer with those people as well. If you're listening in, you're listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour. Uh, our call-in line is 718-508-9600. That's 718-508-9600. And we're going to take a caller. And this caller is from the 478 area code. Caller, are you there? Hello. 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 Yes, are you there? Yes. All right. We would like for you to ask a question or comment. Hi, Wanda. Yes, hi. This is Sonya, your coworker. How hi, are you doing? Hi. I want to um you said you didn't want to limit um yourself to just 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 talking to females or just kids. I want to know um if someone was listening now and you know, you say you was brought up in, you know, a negative environment. And sometimes it can be just generational where if their parents, you know, had that kind of environment, then they, you know, they only teach what they know or what they've been learning. Not not that that's always the case that you do what you've been, you know, in your case you didn't turn out that way. But mm-hmm. would you be able to go out and and really help um, adults that don't even know how to be parents, that don't even realize that they are building a negative environment for their children. Would you also, I mean, do you have a passion for, for parents, too, that really don't know how to parent, really don't know how to have a positive environment, really don't know how to embrace their children and, and still college? And, you know, I had a good parents, but when I was coming up, they really didn't instill college or, you know, you just get through school and have a decent job. I mean, so would you 
have do you have a burden too for parents that just don't know how to parent and reach out to their kids? I I think I I think I would have a lot to offer that that parent because I think that was a lot of you know the problem with my mother. She just you know didn't know, and you know a lot of times she think what she was thinking was right was was not. So I think I have a lot to share in that aspect, and then you know from working with with different you know types of people and families, I've learned a lot from from you know, being able to watch and observe and to be able to find resources for um, those people, not just personally, but, you know, within their community, a lot of people just don't know how to, you know, find ways of helping themselves. So I think I would have a lot of a lot to offer and to, you know, allow them to see that, that is a, it is a different way from, from what you were brought up in that, you know, that works better for you and your kids. And I think people just feel like there's no hope there that you know that that things could be better, but it can be. But we gotta, you know, you gotta help them to change that mindset to see that there is hope and that things, you know, could be a whole lot better than they are. So I think I, you know, I would have a lot to offer um, with those types of parents. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Any other questions? Not at this time. At this time? All right. Well, we appreciate your call. We thank you for calling in. Um, Wanda, let's talk a little bit about um, when you graduated from FSU. Did they, you know, make a big deal about it? Was it just any old, same old graduation? You know, what did FSU have to say about you graduating and being their first Prop 48 student athlete to earn a degree. Well, the athletic department really um, provided a real, very good article about it. Um, it was something that they were very proud of, you know, to see their first um, Prop 48 athlete to graduate within, you know, the four-year period. So they really, you know, had a big article in the paper about it. Um, the athletic director came over and really personally congratulated me. So they, I think they really were, were proud of me and, and the fact that I was able to accomplish that and be the first Prop 48 athlete to graduate. Okay. Do you feel like um, they gave you the needed support? Did they become your sort of uh, a home away from home support system while you were here at school? Yes, I, I mean, I really, I think Florida State really, you know, provided me what I needed at that time with, without having any family support. You know, every pretty much everything that I needed, I was able to, to get it while I was there. And not just, you know, if I wasn't, you know, I didn't have much family support, but my coach made sure, you know, everything was taken care of as far as my personal things. She couldn't give me money, but she, you know, she was able to allow me to fill out for a Pell Grant and things like that, so I was able to have money, you know, while I was at school. Um, I didn't have to pay for anything as far as housing or, you know, food or anything, so we were, I was okay there. But um, I think Florida State was a, a total blessing to me. I don't regret anything about going there or, you know, the Prop 48. I don't regret any of that because that really made, you know, me who I am today. So 
I just thank God for, for, you know, placing that in my life and me being able to follow through on that. Okay. Um, what about uh, once you graduated, you know, you had your degree, what did you see yourself doing? Did you think about maybe trying to play professionally? I mean, clearly your your stats, you know, showed that you could play. You know, mm-hmm. your honors and accolades showed that you could play. Did you think about going into professional basketball? Well, actually, I, I did have several offers to play in Europe, but I didn't. I mean, at the time, they, they didn't have the WNBA when I finished college. So... The only opportunity was to, you know, play overseas. And at the time that the offer that they made to me wasn't really enough for me to move there and to be able to live. So I didn't, I didn't go over and, you know, try out or anything. And then I actually had an opportunity to try out once WNBA, you know, was um, available here. But at that time, I didn't. I wasn't in any kind of shape or anything, so I didn't, you know, I didn't really excel there. I had gotten out of that competitive mode, and I had my first my first child at that time, so I really didn't, you know, pursue that anymore. Okay, so you you returned back to Macon, or did you go? Where did you go from from uh, from FSU? I came back to Macon, and that's when I um, actually just, you know, pretty much started working, um, started as a social service worker here in, in our um, government office, and I did that for several years. And then I went to, um, you know, our housing authority here and also worked as a social social service worker. So I've pretty much done, you know, my degree, my undergraduate degree is in social work, so I pretty much, you know, got into that once I came home. Okay. And, Wanda. Uh, yes. Yeah, this is Greg. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. You didn't receive the support that you needed from, from a lot of people, uh, from family members and uh, from your hometown, but you went back and found yourself serving the people that didn't really support you. Yes, I never looked at it that way. Yes. I mean, if you think about it, you because they didn't serve, because they didn't, you know, give you the support that you needed. That didn't, you know, I mean, you didn't become bitter about it. You said you struggled with it, right. but now here you are going back and you're giving a service back to the community, and that's just so wonderful, you know, that that you're out there doing that and you're still trying to help people, even though a lot of people didn't help you along the way. You know, that's just that's just God that you know to give you a heart like that. That's just amazing to me. I guess I look at it, Greg, as you know, that's the only way you're gonna really make it. You gotta have some support, you know. And and a lot of people just don't they don't have anybody, you know, and they don't know how to turn to you know a resource and ask for help. And a lot of them just have kind of given up, you know. So you, I think it's very important to be supportive to somebody you know people don't they've lost hope so they they feel like they can't you know overcome the things that they're dealing with but you know if you just try to reach out and 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 give some type of support even if it's just a kind word you know that that goes a long way yeah you don't always have to give money or you know even 
You don't always have to go visit, but just call me and give me a kind word. Some people just need that, that encouragement. So I just feel like support is, is very important because it goes a long way. Wanda, you talked about, um, again, about your own private counseling practice. Um, yeah. What are you doing as far as, um, like, who are you working with now? You, I know you're working with someone now. You, are you still doing uh, um, social service work, or are you, are you ventured into something else? Well, right now, because I, I also did um, high school GED testing for some years, so I kind of have gotten into the testing arena, and I'm working with the um, Secretary of State Office and their professional licensing board testing department. So I have, you know, that experience that I was I was also doing that along with um, my social work. So I've kind of ventured off into that. But I know my, my primary <laughs> talent is in, you know, social work and, and counseling. So that's what I'm eventually going to um, get back into. Um, you know, the thing that just that sits out and just strikes me is what Greg talked about earlier about the fact that you went back into the very same place that sort of, you know, just forgot about you, mm-hmm. you know, and you started to pour back into that community, you know, and like Greg said, it's just a testament to, you know, to God. It's just God. Yeah. Um, Let's talk a little bit about your faith. You know, uh, can you tell us about your first experience with Christ, like when you first, you know, knew that he was real and was real to you? I think my first experience was I was, I was, it was, I think it was my sophomore year in college. Yeah, and I, you know, I had already went through being kind of alone with, with, with playing basketball in high school and then, you know, going off to school miles away from home, even though with no support, just, you know, my little bag and, and, and my scholarship, and I'm just there. And I would always, you know, I just kind of, you know, in my room, I just kind of fell on the floor one night. I said, God, why am I here? Why did you, you know, bring me here? I don't have anybody. You know, I, I can't even call anybody to send me any money. You know, I just I just kind of cried out to God that night, and I was like, you you got to show me something. Why am I here? Because, I, I mean, I was, I, that night I was really struggling with, you know, this whole thing about being away from home, not having anybody, not having any money, always wondering what's going to happen next not having anybody to really encourage me and then trying to deal with that and then just being ashamed of not, you know, not having anybody and not being able to want to share that with anybody. It was so embarrassing. You know, you, you're you this top athlete and nobody is there with you. Where are your parents? Why aren't they at the games? Where You know, and people would always ask me that. You know, why why aren't your parents here? You know, you play such good ball, you're such a good person, why don't you have anybody? So I couldn't answer all those questions. So I 
that night I just cried out to God, why did you why did you bring me here and, you know, put me in the spotlight and then nobody's here with me? So, you know, I dealt with that, but then it's like he started speaking to me. I'm here, Wanda. I'm giving you, I'm providing you everything you need. And I just, you know, it's like after that, it's like I look, I always look for him to speak something to me. And it would always happen. And I just, you know, I didn't worry about that anymore, not having the, the support, because I had everything I needed all the time right there with me. But I just, I guess, you know, not being mature enough to understand, you know, the faith that I had. I didn't know I had it, you know. So it was, that was just so powerful to me that night. Yes, indeed. It, it sounds like it was just an amazing event. Yeah. It sort of was like maybe your coming out party, yeah. <laughs> you know, because after you cried out to him, you know, you go on to be, you know, a Hall of Fame player at FSU, you know? Yeah. And I just, you know, I just thank God for just even just the little the little things that I dealt with, you know, that I thought was such a big deal. You know, it was just to make me who I am, and I I thank him for that. You know, I don't I don't I wouldn't change anything. I wouldn't, because this really has helped me to be who I am, to be the wife that I am, and to be the parent that I am. So I just I just thank God for all the experiences that I've had. Hmm. Okay, um, let's talk a little bit about um, your family. Now, you mm-hmm. talked earlier, you said that you didn't get a whole lot of family support um, while you were in college. What about when you got out of college? Did you, you know, when you went back to Macon, you know, did you interact with them a lot? Or did, was it just sort of like same old, same old? Well, I, because being who I am, I can't just, I don't treat people, you know, any kind of way. I just I try to treat people the way I want to be treated regardless. So when I came back, I, I still continue to be who I was when I left. You know, I tried to help, you know, my family and, you know, try to really mend my mom and our relationship, which is, you know, it has gotten better, much better than, than it has been. And then just, you know, trying to motivate, you know, some of my relatives to do better and to, to, you know, just to change, to to want to change and, and make some changes in their lives. And I don't, you know, I don't hold anything against any of them because that just, that was my path to, to, to the way I am now. So I don't hold anything against any of them. I just, I just hate they kind of missed out on who, who I am and who, you know, who I was as a player. But I don't hold anything against anybody. That was just, you know, the way I had to go. And I, you know, I just, I just did it. If you're listening, you are listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour, and our call-in number is 718-508-9600. That's 718-508-9600. And Wanda, I have another question. Um, how important do you think it is for parents to be involved with their children and what, what their children are doing? Brian, I think that is 
the the number one thing you can you can give to your child is to be supportive because you never know you know what they're you know dealing with as far as you know it's a, it's a lot of peer pressure out there and you know they don't they got to find themselves and you if you're not supportive of, of the things that they want to do or the thing that they're interested in you know who else is going to support them if their parents don't i mean if if they see that you support them and are you know, behind them 100%, that really elevates their self-esteem and their motivation to, to continue to do and to do, continue to please, you know, to please their parents. Because if, if the parents is not showing any support, that really kind of hinders the child from being motivated to continue to do well. So I think that's a, a plus that, you know, you support your kids and, Anything that they're involved in, it could really, I mean, hurt them if if you're not. I, I could have easily got into, you know, drugs or, or pregnant if I, you know, sat there and realized my mom is not, you know, she's not going to come to a game, so I'm going to stop playing. You know, I could have took that attitude about it. But I realized what, you know, this is my life. I'm The steps that I'm making are going to help me. I can't. I can't go back and change what she did or didn't do. I had to do things for me and my family. So that's how I took it. I can't, you know, I could, even though she wasn't there, you know, I could, what could I have done about it? I couldn't make her come or, you know, I, I cried enough, but that didn't help. So I just think, you know, that could have really hurt me if 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 I didn't have the mindset and the motivation that I had that, that could have really, you know, hurt me as, you know, as a child. What would you say to the the parent that may be dealing with a child who isn't motivated like you were to do positive things and, you know, they were they had a child that was being unruly, you know, and I'm talking specifically to a single parent, like in the case of you and your mother where you all didn't have a great relationship you know she wasn't as supportive, but let's let's assume that this is maybe a single parent that's trying to be supportive, but they just don't know how to. You know what would you say to them? What 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 tips would you offer to that parent? First of all, I want to commend you know single parents because it's a very it's a hard job being a parent you know alone, and then to have to raise and and be both parents is extremely hard. I just, you know, I commend those parents. And, you know, I think a lot of that is know who your child is. You know, get to know your child, talk to them, and don't try to make your child be who you are or be what you want them to be. You just got to motivate them, figure out their personality. Because I think a lot of parents, you know, they, they get angry because their children are not, you know, doing the things that they want them to do all the time. But sometimes you got to let up a little bit. You got to you got to figure out their their wants and their personality to see exactly, you know, who they are. A lot of parents don't get to know their children, and I think lack of communication. They don't talk to them. They don't they don't get involved in the things that their you know kids are getting you know are involved in. And you you just you never know until you really get to know them. And then, you know, being a single parent, it's not, you know, it's not easy, you know, working and then having to to do everything, you know, with and for that child. But, you know, 
I, you know, just stay encouraged with what you have and, and don't try to, you know, overload yourself with trying to do everything because, you know, it's impossible to do everything, you know, even with the mate. You know, you having your um, a husband, it's impossible to do everything. So I just don't get overwhelmed. Don't overwhelm yourself trying to do everything, you know, every single minute. And just stay, you know, try to stay positive and, you know, use other people to help you with, you know, with the things that that you're trying to do with your children. Okay. Um, Let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, what you do when you counsel, um, when you do your counseling, when you talk to the other kids. You know, I thought about how when when you were in high school, Mm-hmm. You know, and it was a it was something that you had said before. You know, it, nobody gave you the counseling that you needed to you know to know about you know the SAT. You didn't learn about it until it was too late. And then you know when you took it the second time, you know when you when you were wanting to take it the second time, you right. know. And I know like in my case when I took the SAT, they were telling us about it. You know, way before it was time to take it, they were like, "You want to take it in the eleventh grade?" You mm-hmm. know, hey, you know and some people even took it in the tenth grade, so they could take it two and three times. Right. You know, so what would you offer to, you know, a kid that you know that was thinking about going to college? You know, they were, you know, you know what what are, what are some of the things that you would tell that kid as far as being prepared? I would really suggest um, if they, you know, have a goal of going to college to go and, and speak with their school counselor um, because that's, you know, they're there for that purpose, to help them with figuring out which college or um, that they can apply to, different um, financial aid information that they could apply for. And then if, if not, you know, if the counselor is not available, you know, there are agencies within the community that will help with um, college information and different resources that the children can um, use as far as helping them with applying for college. So I would the first step I would make is to um, talk with their school counselor about the different programs. Because even if they don't have the pro- programs in their school, there is some you know resources outside of their school that is very helpful in, in obtaining that information. And especially if you're an athlete and you're trying to, you know, get prepared for the SAT or ACT, you know, they have, you know, preparation courses that are, are you know, very helpful with, um, you know, just learning about that that particular test and how to prepare for it. But I would start with my school counselor. So, Wanda, are you available for speaking engagements? Are you open to that? Actually, I've never been asked. <laughs> But I will. I have no problem with that. Okay. Well, I guess if if I guess Brian Brian and I we can probably get your information, and if anyone would like to uh, contact you as far as speaking engagements, we will definitely pass it along. Unless you have uh, some type of informa- contact information that you would like to give out. No, that's. I mean, the information that you have is is you know quite okay for anyone to reach me or to email me regarding any information on speaking engagements. Okay. All right. Um, We're coming up to about five minutes left in the show. Um, 
Greg, do you have anything else you want to ask? Well, I, I want to know, now that you, you know God has brought you through all of this, now that you see the things that are possible, what are you telling your children uh, as far as the things that they can do with their lives? What are you, what are you sharing with them? Well, I constantly share um, with my kids, you know, the things that I've been through as far as family and, you know, not having the support. And I, I make it a, a very big part of my life to always be there for them. I always make sure whatever they're involved in that I'm there, regardless of what it is. Um, and I make sure that they understand the importance of family and, you know, and, and being able to to be together and to share and to grow together. So I, I, I make that a big part of my life. And I always share, you know, my experiences with, you know, just what I've dealt with, not just with family but with school and friends and, and, and community and things like that. So I make that a, a big part of my parenting as far as with my children. And I just um, I really talk to them all the time about having God in their lives and make sure, you know, they give him the respect and the honor that he deserves and just, you know, make him a part of their their day every day somehow. So I really stress that, you know, to them and to make sure that I walk in a way that he wants me to as far as being a parent to them. And I always tell them that I thank God for sending them to me. They're my, you know, two most precious gifts in the world, and I just I really cherish my um, ability to be their parent, and I just thank God for that all the time. Okay, I had um I wanted to just comment about about you. I mean, your story is just so amazing and it's it's just I'm I'm in total awe. You know, I I I deem it a privilege to actually say that I know somebody who who made it through. You know, somebody who most people would have said they'll never make it. Yeah. You know, when I hear about most prop 48, you know, they're not staying in school long. You know, they're mostly, oh, I'm a Prop 48. Okay, I'm going to a junior college. I'm going to transfer. And after my junior year, I'm going to the league. You know, that's usually the path that they take or they actually never make it, you know, out of college. Right. And so just the fact that you decided that you were going to stay in and, and, and continue to fight, you know, it's just, I just applaud you. Well, thank you, Brian. It's like I, you know, I tell everyone it's, it's it's not easy, but it's all about you know staying focused on what you want to do and and just to be determined, you know, regardless of of your situation at home or you know in your environment. Just just stay determined and stay focused, and just keep your your mind stayed on where you want to go and 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 be around positive things. And I know, you know, if you, you stay into that and you get God in your life, he'll He'll put everything that you need, he'll put it there for you. And you just, you know, you just keep moving from there. Oh, oh. All right. Well, again, Wanda, Greg and I would like to thank you for coming on the show tonight. Well, I really and, uh, Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just saying I really appreciate the opportunity of, of, of coming on to your show. I, I didn't know much about your show until, you know, my coworker introduced it to me. And then when, 
you know, when I was asked to come on to the show. I just thought that was a, a great privilege for me. And I appreciate you guys wanting to, you know, to hear my story. All right. Yeah, thanks again. Thanks again. And folks out there, you are listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour, where our method is to do more, have more, be more, do more, and have more. And we hope that you would listen in on Monday. Monday is a new time. We're going to do Monday at 9 o'clock. And our uh, guest on Monday is going to be Bombshell. She's a hip-hop recording artist. So be sure to listen in. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.